0: Welcome to the Rebel Speaker Podcast, where we break the tried and true presentation rules so that you can create a speech that stands out, makes an impact, and positions you as the go-to expert. And now your host, the instigator of the presentation rebellion, Dr. Michelle Mazur. Welcome to the Rebel Speaker. I have such a treat for you today. This is our first ever guest expert interview, and we're going to talk all about money. This show is for you if you've ever struggled with setting your fee, you got nervous about negotiating your fee, or you totally freaked out when somebody asked, how much do you charge to speak? Because that all has to do with your money mindset. And our guest expert is Jen Gresham. She runs a blog called Everyday Bright. And Jen is truly remarkable. She has a PhD in biochemistry. She spent years in the Air Force. And now she's an executive coach and business strategist. And one of her areas of specialty is money mindset. And when I first met Jen, what I loved most about you, Jen, I could tell that You had a very healthy money mindset. Like you light up when you talk about money. That really attracted me to you and your message and I thought people needed to hear from you. So welcome to the Rebel Speaker. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So glad you're here. The first thing we should do is talk about what is a money mindset and why the heck is it so important to speakers?
1: I think uh, the easiest way to describe a money mindset is it's basically your psychological connection with money, right? It's how you emotionally and psychologically relate to the topic of money. So that can take form in a number of different ways. It can just be how um, capable you think you are of earning money, how much you think you're worth, and how do you define that? How willing are you to ask for more or to understand where um, that ceiling is for your prices? It also shows up in a number of different stories. You know, the stories we tell ourselves about money, how it comes to us, whether we deserve it, all of those things make up your money mindset.
0: What I love that you just said, it's all of being willing to ask those questions, like finding your ceiling for how much money you can make, being willing to ask for more. Cause I think that freaks people out in a very big way.
1: It does. And you know, one of the things that I realize, and by the way, I, I didn't always have a good money mindset. I mean, this has been a real uh, road for me as well. So I'm fully understanding of where people are coming from. But most of us, when we start off, right, we're not so confident, you know, it, it's scary. And so we start low because we think that's safe. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can't deliver on what I'm doing, you know, I haven't charged you that much, so it's all okay. The problem is that that ends up anchoring where your value is. It's kind of like when you sell your home right? The amount that you can charge when you sell it depends a lot on how much you bought it for. And then you have to justify any increase based on improvements and blah, blah, blah. So people get stuck in that same kind of cycle with their pricing. So while it may psychologically feel good to start low, people sometimes cap themselves, or you might even think of it as like cutting themselves off at the knees right from the get-go. So they never have any real understanding that, Not only could they go much higher, but those low prices could be hurting them.
0: So that's interesting because I know there's a tendency for speakers to, when they're first starting out, to basically take whatever they can get. Anything from, I charge $250 an hour and really set it as an hourly. I'll be there for the speech for an hour, so $250. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they'll be like, oh, money, it doesn't matter. I'll take whatever I can get. I never thought about it as it's really anchoring their price early on. And what do you think when you're when you're starting out and you have a low price that communicates to other people?
1: Yeah, it depends on how you use it, right? Mm-hmm. And this price anchor is in your own head. It's not that other people are going to say oh, hey, but you just charged Sally $200, why are you charging me 1000 It's not so much that because most of that's not happening. It may actually happen more in um, the speaking world because I imagine that event organizers sometimes talk. But even if they did, right, that's not so much the problem. It's what's in your head. It's what you think you can do that's the problem. And so if that lower price gives you the confidence to get started, that's okay great, right? Like you don't want to price it so high that you're immobilized. Yes. But you need to have a story there for yourself that says, okay, I'm doing this now just to get started, just to get things on my resume. But you have a plan, right? Like I'm going to get two of these and then my prices are going to go to here. And I may make a five or tenfold jump in price because that's where I should be.
0: I like what you said, because I feel like speakers never have a plan for pricing. (laughs) Like, this is what I see again and again. So I have the Rebel Speaker Facebook group, and I swear, Jen, once a week, someone will rush into the group because, oh my gosh, I just got an email, and they want me to speak, and they want to know what my fee
1: is, and I have no idea what to tell them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I think this is, you know, I am a big fan of custom pricing. It's really difficult to have a price because it makes it sound like the price is all about me. This is the big switch is that actually your price has very little to do with you. It has to do with the value that you can deliver for that person.
0: Okay, I'm going to say that again. Your price has little to do with you and has everything to do with the value you deliver to that person. That's right. So let's say I'm a speaker. Yeah. Okay. I am a speaker. <laughs> but Let's say it. <laughs> let's, let's do a pretend here. Let's say that yeah. I'm a speaker and I come to you and I'm like, Jen, I just, I don't know what to charge. What would be the first question you'd want to ask me?
1: Where are you speaking?
0: Like, oh, uh, I'm speaking at this local nonprofit for people with diabetes.
1: Oh, that's cool. Um, how many people do you think are going to be there? Probably 30, I think they said. And what is the purpose of this meeting for the organization that's putting it on? The purpose is to
0: help them advocate better for their cause. So
1: it's fundraising?
0: I would say definitely fundraising. Yes, that's part of it. And explaining what they do in the community and what services are
1: available. I would suspect here that you might need to get a little more clarity on what this event really does for them. Hmm. Like, I would want to know, are they asking people for money at this event? Are they hoping to form partnerships? Is it really just educational, you know, where they Mm -hmm. just want people in the community to know that it exists? What I want you to see is that those three scenarios have very different values. I like this (laughs) because
0: that was a totally made up scenario.
1: Yeah. If somebody's trying to do fundraising, the potential value that you can bring if you do it right and you understand how to do that, big, right? Mm -hmm. Let's suppose you could make them an extra $100,000. Yeah, that's a big value. Mm -hmm. If they're just educating the community about what they do, this is, it's not a big win for them. So the value is much lower.
0: And they're not going to be able to pay as much. Right. Or they're going to say that their budget is much lower. Right. As it should be. So it's all about defining your value. One of the things I hear when I talk with speakers or meet with clients and I ask them, you know, what is it like? What challenge are you solving? What value are you bringing? I hear, just so passionate and I just want people to live a better life. (laughs)
1: Good. That's (laughs) nice. (laughs) But again, your value has very little to do with you and has everything to do with the value that you're delivering. I think it's easy for speakers to get confused on who the real customer is. Mm -hmm. It's not the person sitting in the audience.
0: That is key. It isn't the person who's sitting in the audience. Who is it, Jen? It's
1: the organizer. It's the person who's paying you. This is why you really need to understand what do they want to get out of this event? What does it mean for them? How are you going to deliver that value? What are the expectations on their end for really making this a solid event? I would ask them, you know, what was an example of somebody who killed it for them in previous iterations of this event? Who bombed it? You you don't need a name, but you know, what was it that really fell short of expectations? So there's a real process here. And it involves understanding the person who's hiring you and what value you can deliver them.
0: I like that because I think that is key because the other thing I see a whole lot of is people get an email, it's an inbound lead, they're super excited and they ask, well, what's your fee? Instead of answering that right away, it seems like the best course of action and what I tell people to try to do is get on the phone with the person so you can ask those questions about who's knocked it out of the park for you? Who wasn't as good? And what did you learn? And what are you looking for? What are your goals? And this is how then I can add value and help you get to those goals. And then it helps you price.
1: So would you recommend custom pricing then for speakers? I do. And I do that for my own work. I have a general ballpark that I charge for time. One of the biggest things I do in my money mindset work is helping people understand that no one's really paying for your time. If I could knock something out of the park at an event in 10 minutes, they'd be just as happy as they would be with a one-hour talk. It has nothing to do with the time. It's all about Mm. the results. And so you kind of want to have a band for different scenarios, that kind of thing. For myself, now I'm a coach, so it's slightly different. But the way I price is I have three factors. The first part is what do I think that value is that that person will get out of it? Mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time figuring that out. Then I ask myself, what do I think is the chance of being able to deliver that full value, which depends on me and it also depends on them. Mm-hmm. depends on the situation. A lot of things are luck. You don't have control of them. So I'm making a mental calculation. How likely do I think this person is to get to the value that they want? And then third, how complex is this project? Is this going to involve a huge amount of effort and time on my part? Maybe I have to research something to really help them. Or is this already well within my uh, sphere of influence that I know a lot about and it's gonna be pretty easy? Those three things and I just come up with a price.
0: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, (laughs) Like especially the complexity aspect because if you really have to customize a presentation, maybe you're still delivering your core message, but you need to have different stories and different examples and those all have to be developed or they're asking you to have a breakout workshop afterwards based on your keynote speech, that adds a level of complexity. So I like thinking about that. And also like how confident are you that you can deliver these results? Because yes, there's a whole lot out of your control because sometimes speakers Mm -hmm. walk in and Woo! there's stuff going on that you have no control over. Right. But if you're confident, then it's like, okay, I need to consider that as well. So I love the way you think about it. Also, I talk a lot about having boundaries around your speaking fees. You can have like what you typically charge, what that typical speech package looks like. But having a lower limit, oh, yeah. like I will not drop below, my fee's $5,000, I will not drop below 3500 Like having that lower limit that's an automatic no, I think is a must. And then also being like, this is going to be a little bit more difficult. we have got to ratchet that fee up. So having that band, oh my gosh. So, so important.
1: Yeah, and I think the other piece here that, uh, you know, again, this gets into the mindset of the person Mm -hmm. hiring you is also thinking about not just what you're doing on the stage or in preparation for getting on the stage, but are you helping with marketing? You know, are you going to help people show up at this event? That's a big piece of value. I think this is where understanding their goals and saying, you know, I can help you with that. I mean, I'm, I'm here to speak, but I've got a list of 10,000 people and because this is local, I could potentially drive a lot of people here and get you more ticket sales. Would that be of interest? Excellent.
0: So going back to the money mindset, the other freak out that I normally see is like, oh my God, I have to negotiate. <laughs> What is the story that people are telling themselves when they are freaked out about the negotiation process?
1: What I find is that most people see negotiation as an adversarial process. And because Hmm. they're conflict avoidant, this feels like a conflict, right? The big reset here is that the best negotiation is win-win. If one person feels like they won and one person feels like they lost, that's a bad negotiation. So, this is the key point, right? And so, it's understanding that you're trying to get to a win-win situation. Now, at the same time, understanding how negotiation works, you're going to have to start higher than you actually want to end up. I know like that sounds obvious, but I have so many clients who just assume that they can ask for exactly what they want and the other person will just say you know, you're right. And <laughs> give it to them. And that is not how a negotiation works. You need to start high. There's a wonderful book on negotiation, Roger Dawson. Mm-hmm. And he has several for different types of things. But it's the essence of it is start high. Ideally, you'd like them to put that first amount on the table. So this is where it gets a little tricky for speakers because what often happens, right, is they'll say, what is your fee? Mm -hmm. So ideally what you want to say is, well, you know, we we can get to that, but first I'd like to better understand what it is you'd like to get out of this arrangement. Okay, great. So you do all of that. At this point, you should be formulating an idea about what you think this is worth to them, right? Mm -hmm. So then hopefully you can now say, you know, it would really help me to understand what is your budget for this event? And they may or may not give you a number. Ideally, they're going to give you a number, right? hmm And this is the hardest part. You have to go like you're shocked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, oh. And then you come back and you say, you know, I was really thinking somewhere here. And it's higher. But you need to have the pieces, right? So all of that discussion that you're having with them about what it is that the value that you can bring now you could say okay so this like ugh, pff, no way we can we do that and of course you justify it right you know mm-hmm. i'm thinking here and here's why because we talked about this we talked about this and then you could say okay well you know what why don't i take this off the table would something like this work better for you Ah. You decide, right but you need pieces that you can negotiate with so here's the other piece right, of negotiation that's so important is that most people, especially speakers, are only negotiating on one thing. I will go and speak for you and you will give me this much money. And that is the only thing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can come up with a list of, let's say, four to five other things, like you said, maybe you're doing an event after. The actual, Mm -hmm. maybe you're doing some sort of follow up with their people. Maybe you're doing marketing. Maybe, I don't know. They can buy your book and give it to
0: everyone at the event. Like, yeah, exactly. All of those different levers that you can pull to negotiate. So,
1: the more levers you have, the better position you are to negotiate.
0: Yes. One of the things I see a lot of, because I feel like speakers are absolutely desperate to speak. Mm. Like, oh my gosh, I don't want to lose
1: this inquiry. Yeah. And that's a killer because the one thing that will kill your negotiation is an inability to walk away.
0: Yes. And knowing what your hard no is, Mm -hmm. because if they say, you know, like if you're thinking this project's $5,000 or the speaking engagement's $5,000 and they're like, we have a budget of a thousand. It's not like, yeah, of course I'll do it. It's "Mm, no, we have to talk about this because this is what I'm providing.
1: Right. So you do that. Mm-hmm. why is it so low? Don't be afraid to say, why is it so low? Didn't you just tell me like you're hoping to do fundraising with this activity or, you know, that, you're hoping to sell 500 spots at a thousand dollars each you know I don't know what the yeah. thing is right but this is where that pricing comes in and don't be afraid to question them on it again not in an adversarial way mm-hmm. you're just trying to understand if you really want it right yeah. you can keep saying look I'm sure we're going to figure something out here I really want to do this for you we just need to get to a place where this works for both of us
0: So once again, going after that win-win result where it Mm -hmm. works for you and what you need and it works for them, they get the value that you can provide. So I like that because I do, I think speakers really come at it at this adversarial like, oh, and that desperation and attachment of I need this gig. Instead, just switching it and being like, I'm not afraid to walk away. I'm not afraid to ask for more. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. The other thing to remember, because right, there's this scarcity mindset that a mm-hmm. lot of people struggle with, right? but that's where that inability to walk away comes from. What I always tell people is that I find you'll spend roughly the same amount of time and effort making a $1,000 sale as you will a $10,000 sale. It's not actually any harder. Your conversion rate may be slightly different, mm-hmm. but <laughs> you get 10 times more with a $10,000 sale. You can get nine no's and only one yes to get $10,000, uh-huh. whereas at a $1,000 sale, all 10 people have to say yes to get you the same amount. Love it. So true. Right? And that's why you need to let go of that scarcity mindset and say, yeah, you know, not only am I going to get no's, like, embrace the no. You were bold. Embrace the no.
0: Do you think that's one of the best ways to get over the scarcity mindset is by just like embracing the no?
1: It's what I do with my clients. I try to turn this into a game Uh and to feel good about getting rejected. When I did this with my coach the first time, I went through the game and I'd made more money than I had ever made in my life. I mean, I just couldn't believe it because I kept making proposals that felt outrageous and people would say yes. (sighs) Who knew? <laughs> who knew? Right? Who knew? And so when I got to that at the end of that game, he said, "Jen, I'm really happy for you that you made so much money, but you know you didn't really do that well in the game." And I was like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "You never got a really strong no. You never had someone say like." are you out of your mind? And I was like, you're right. I could have been a lot bolder. And so shifting that thinking, and it takes time, right? You're not going to do that overnight. But shifting your thinking to like, yeah, how could I have gotten somebody to say, are you out of your mind? No, I'm not going to pay you that much. And the thing is, right, people think that if you get to that point, it's over, like there's no way back. But it's not true. Ah. It's absolutely not true. You always have the option to say what makes you say that, you know, and then you can negotiate from there. Love it. I think that's so important that
0: make the bold ask and right. then you can always back off from there and try to find that win-win outcome. hmm So Jen, this has been amazing, amazing to talk about the mindset issues, but also strategies for how to have that pricing conversation in a way that feels good and healthy and how
1: to negotiate. So why don't you tell the other Rebel speakers out there how they can find you? So easiest way is to go to my website, everydaybright.com. And uh, you'll see a contact form there that will shoot me an email. You can also look for me on Facebook, Jen Gresham. I actually reply to everybody. It's kind of crazy.
0: Woo! Uh, I love that. (laughs) I touch. And I will also hook up in the show notes because Jen has this great article about money on her blog. And she has this talk that she gives about... I think it was like five tips about money mindset Mm -hmm. and it is so valuable to watch because it really changes the way you start thinking about money and as a speaker, that's what you need to do. And if you're a rebel, be bold and ask for more. So thank you, Jen. And this has been a fantastic conversation. I know people are going to really appreciate it. Uh, You're so welcome. It was really fun. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Rebel Speaker Podcast. If you're loving this show, please rate and review it on iTunes. It is the best way for speakers like you to find out about us. And you can learn more about Communication Rebels coaching and consulting services that help business owners and speakers make a bigger impact with their message while building a speaking business on their own
1: terms at DrMichelleMazer.com.